welcome back to the MGE Table Talk. I am Terrence Turner, and I'm glad that you decided to come back. As I always say, you could really be doing anything with your time. I understand that, but you chose to be here with us. So today, I'm excited to have someone um, on the on the on the show today that um, he's kind of similar to me. He, he he's a bit of a busybody. You know, he's a he's an entrepreneur. He's involved in he, he's civically engaged in the city. Um, I, I almost want to call him a serial entrepreneur because the man got a couple of different businesses, and we're gonna dive into all that as well too. Um, very interesting figure. He he also founded uh, NGP New Generation Pioneers. Next generation. Next generation pioneers. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'd like to welcome. Mr. Desmond Barrow, I just call him Des, yeah. and I know he got another name that he goes by too. Uh, I ain't, but I, I ain't <laughs> want to mispronounce it. I, I it start with an S. Yeah, Sanko for the pioneer. Sanko for the pioneer. Yeah. I ain't want. I ain't want to jumble it up. I was yeah. like uh, saying, saying sugar. Yeah. I ain't want to say yeah. the wrong thing. It's a story behind it. Yes, but yeah. yes, uh, but everybody knows you. I'm pretty sure if they know you, they know you by Des too. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Table Talk Podcast, man. I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you for for having me you know it's an honor um a lot of the things you were mentioning i'm like man when you say that we are similar like i have a great respect for you so i'm like if, if t saying that. that we similar like you know that let me know that i'm doing something right because you know i definitely have a great respect for you but i'm still budding bro still budding like i say bumping my head learning so if there's anybody that um is inspired by anything that i'm doing the biggest thing i tell people is look we grow from each other yeah you know so. still still sharp and still and mm-hmm. My theory is always this. As long as you remain intellectually curious in life, you never really grow old. Facts, facts, You know, facts. It, you, you, your, your intelligence has to be like a shark. What they say, if a shark huh. stops swimming, it yeah. dies. Is, is it a shark or a whale? Oh, that's a good one. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, heard I, think, I think it's a shark. If I'm, it stops swimming, it dies? Yeah, like um, <laughs> like they, they're constantly moving, you know, it's constant yeah. motion with them. Okay. I said I can't remember the the full dynamics of that, so okay. don't completely quote me on that. Yeah. You know, I I like to deal with facts, but I think it is it's a type of shark. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like every shark, but I think it's a okay. type of shark where it's like they're constantly, even like when they're sleeping, like it's still forward moving motion forward. that they're doing. That's a hell of an analogy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just gotta so, keep moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you need me to run down anything that I do? I know you were saying a little bit. Uh, I know you mentioned Next Generation Pioneers. You mentioned that I'm a serial entrepreneur. That comes it, with its it, pros and its cons. It does. Yeah. It does. You yeah. you 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 start to miss sleep. You you, you <sighs> used to get what sleep is. Sleep. Uh, what it is. <laughs> What I want to do is run it down kind of methodically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's start with um, let's start with the entrepreneurial side of you because mm-hmm. I think everybody has different dynamics to them. Gotcha. So let let's start with that because I said that there's a lot of different levels to you. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the entrepreneurial side, it's mm-hmm. the civically engaged side, it's the family man side. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I have to say you're. You should be an inspiration to yeah. black fathers. Yeah, oh man, I've come seen on a video of you combing your daughter's hair, <laughs> and I'm like, man. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have kids yet, but yeah. I, I, look, I, I was taking notes. I'm like, so he yeah. combed it forward, okay? Because yeah. it, it came out looking good. All yeah. right, okay, yeah. cool, cool. And just in case <laughs> I like do a lot that of one try, day. a lot of trial and error. What I what I like to tell people is after that 15 second Instagram video go off. 
you still have the parents. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a continuing thing, bro. Right, um, right. Yeah, that, but, it'd be interesting. Yeah, but let, let, let's hop into the entrepreneur side of mm. you. So I know that you have a landscaping business. Mm -hmm. You have um, the inflatable Yep, business, yep, correct? Yep, yep. You you, mm -hmm. you rent out different inflatables for mm -hmm. different parties and things of that nature. Yeah. And you you launched um a relatively new business, a clothing line as mm -hmm. well too. Let's 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 chop it up about all three real quick. And no problem. Uh really when you mentioned the entrepreneur side to me, like I like to tell people one thing I had to realize as a business person, I came to a fundamental difference between entrepreneurship and business ownership. Now, I know most people like to label them one and the same, but I started to learn along my business journey that entrepreneurship is a spirit, business ownership is a science. And with entrepreneurship, I see it as the spirit of um, having a spirit to take risk for greater gain. And like I like to talk to people about, I say you can be an entrepreneur and not necessarily be a business owner if you're just talking about entrepreneur spirit. Mm -hmm. So when, we, when you said that, you know, going to your entrepreneur lifestyle, actually my entrepreneur spirit trickles into everything that I do, whether it's politics, community, or whatever the case it is. But as it pertains to the businesses, um, my landscape business, uh, again, going back to the entrepreneur spirit, I kind of had that in high school. That's a long story long, but if it's any way I can keep a long story short, I stopped playing basketball, I think, in 10th grade because I was like, man, I'm not trying to go to the league. You know, I was good at playing basketball, but I'm not trying to go to the league. And so after I stopped playing basketball in the 10th grade, I kept my gym sack. Right. And instead of having gym clothes in there, I started going to Sam's, filling it with, uh, you know, hot Cheetos and things of that nature. And so I said I just wanted to test it out. And I had came to school like that day, you know, was kind of, you know, shy on experiences as far as doing certain transactions. But I made my first sale, I think, in first hour, made another sale. By the time I had to hit second hour, I had a whole gym set, like the big Nike gym set yeah, yeah. that was sold out of all the candy. I think I had made like. $150 in a day. And so from that point, just that type of spirit, it kind of just blossomed into other things. And so as I got up to a man, like I say, long story long, but trying to keep it long story short, as I you know, got up into manhood, uh, I was working, you know, nine to five jobs, but that spirit still, like once you get a, a taste of that type of lifestyle where you can make a transaction and get a dollar, right. no knock against somebody that's working a nine to five, but it, it becomes a different type of way of living as right. opposed to, I'm getting paid this amount of money in an hour. You can think about how many transactions you can make in an hour and get, right. you know, probably tenfold of what you would get. And so um, I was working a nine to five, still trying to, you know, manifest that spirit into something else. And that's where my landscaping company, uh, Premier Landscapes, it was actually Undercuts Landscape way back in the day. So if, if there's anybody that remember Undercuts Landscape, <laughs> we living by a different philosophy. Now, as you can tell from the name. I had the, the 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 amateur business mindset, like, man, I'm going to come in. I'm just going to beat everybody on prices. You know, you cannot compete on prices. You can business-wise price yourself out of business. So right, you got to right. be able to have certain profit margins. And so um, with Undercuts Landscaping, um, you know, we just found ourselves that we were giving quality work for low prices, not making profit margins and pricing ourselves out of business. So we evolved into Premier Landscape. Same company, same great uh, quality. We just, with the name change, you know, psychologically, people kind of take it as such because when you name yourself Undercuts, they expecting the undercut price yeah, all right, the time. Right, right, and right. And so uh, with my lawn business, you know, started off same entrepreneur journey. I was watching a lot of YouTube videos, you know, listening to Eric Thomas, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, the Les Browns, everybody say, just jump. 
Mm-hmm. And I jumped. I remember I was working at the bank at the time, and I jumped off the cliff and hit the ground. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm bust up, yeah, you know, yeah. face bleeding. I'm like, they ain't work out like they said on YouTube. Yeah, so that I, ain't... I'm like, I'm going to climb back up the mountain because they say. I must have missed step two or something. Yeah, you know, you know, winners, what they say, winners. Don't quit and quitters never win. So right, I'm going right. to climb back up the mountain. Surely it's going to be better the second time I jumped off. Jumped off, bam, hit my face. I say, oh, it's a lot of stuff that business owners and the YouTube stars, they not showing they failures. Right. You get what I'm saying? And I'm going through a whole lot of failure. And so with my lawn business, I just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And um, eventually I got up to some clientele to where I, I left the bank and I started working at the plant to have more of a flexible schedule. And at the plant, I, I was talking with my partner. I used to cut yards on the weekend. I would work like 10-hour, 12-hour shifts during the week, cut on the weekend. And I was actually on lunch break with a partner of mine in a company truck. And I was saying, bro, man, these people hitting me up on my lunch break asking me is I'm still cutting, you know, for the weekend. I say, yeah, but it's a lot of people hitting me up. I may not be able to get to them all on the weekend. And so I was just joking with him. I say, man, if like 15 more people hit me up, I'm going to walk off the job and stuff like that. Now, I knew 15 more people hit me up. And like numbers-wise, I think it was like maybe like 20-some people hit me up. Yeah. I ain't walk off the job at that time, but I took off the next day. And in reality, that was my last day at that job. I took off the next day to cut them yards, but I was making so much money in comparison to working at the plant. Then it just it just made sense. I didn't have to go back. And then the inflatables company, I was doing the lawn business for about six years. And every time I would cut somebody's yard, you know, most times they'd be like this, but do you know anybody that rent out inflatables because we're trying to have a party now that mm-hmm. you can cut the yard and stuff. I'm like, I don't know anybody, don't know anybody. And one of my uh, partners, he, his business just so happened to be going out of business. Um, he was having, he had an in, a indoors inflatables company. Right. And so um, I was like, man, you know, I was looking to buy the inflatables from him. I was like, look, I'll buy them from you. He was like, man, look, if that's what you're trying to do, he was like, I'll give them to you and stuff like that. And I was like, I'll just test them out and stuff like that. And so um, end up getting those inflatables and the inflatables business just took off. You know how people right. say they have a job and a side hustle? Yeah. I had a business and a side business. Okay. And now to this day, the inflatables business just took on a whole different life of his own and as far as the last company like i like i call all my companies babies anybody that's listening like if you look at it that way you your expectations can be put more into um you know just being realistic because like just like if you have a new baby the baby don't have no money in the beginning don't have no way of helping itself so who pockets yeah. the baby gonna be in yeah. Yes. Yeah. same thing with new businesses you're gonna have to stay up late with them get up early with them just like they babies until they develop in such a way to where they can at least do for themselves like right, teenagers right. and so my third business slash you know i would say business baby is um the online inspirational sportswear business i created the actual business name is a statement that says daylight is possible and so i did that on purpose because i wanted it to be a inspirational sportswear brand fundamentally i wanted people to ask the question does the sportswear you wear inspire you because ultimately if you're gonna wear sportswear if you're going to the gym or you doing whatever you you would want something that's gonna you know kind of motivate you yeah motivate you and and then also it was my first uh, pivot into the online arena. 
uh, you know, and so I'm jolly come late with the online arena. You got 14 years, 14 years making 14 million dollars on YouTube. Right. So obviously they, they being born in this technology world, that that wasn't necessary. I'm pretty sure that wasn't my generation or your generation or our generation as we was coming up. You know what we looked at as, you know, acquiring the money and the wealth. You know, the highlight was real estate. Like right. man, you right. know, you know, get some houses you could rent out. Man, even if you getting three hundred dollars in profit a month from renting out a house, what it is three hundred times twelve. That's including that your tenants stay and stuff like that. What you looking at? 3600 or some stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I check my mouth roughly. So even with 3600 man, you could get an online product or start a YouTube show, a, a, a podcast, and the dollars that these kids bringing in. I know people have seen the memes out there with the clown that say, you know, well, I'm getting dressed to go to work mm-hmm. and make $15 an hour with some kid on YouTube making $14 million and dude putting on paint, uh, clown mascara, whatever the case it is. So, um, well, but yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is with any business, people have to realize that it's still all based on products. So whether it's, whether it's real estate, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, an online store, whether it's even a podcast, you know, content is the product, but it still has to be, you know, consumed Fact. by someone. Fact. So, you know, we don't we don't want to put it out there that, you know, people are just, you know, these 14 year olds just getting rich and mm. they're still they're still pushing some type of product. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we don't want to we don't want to say, you know, make it look like, oh, you know, they just they just 14. They online and they just yeah. do it. No, they, yeah. they they putting in the work, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's and. and what I, w- I would agree that they're putting in the work, and one thing I had to learn in life is leverage. I can go, say for instance, I can go work 12 hours a day in my landscape business and make maybe like $600 in a day. Whereas if I was applying it to an online company, the leverage is different. The ability to scale is completely different. So I'm not taking away that these kids are not putting in the work, but their scalability is just on a whole different lane as opposed, right. as opposed to having a... a, a a physical service-based business. Yeah, but they definitely putting out product, man. These kids, they coming out smarter and smarter. Like, I just had my second daughter, you know, she going on two months, and she came out with her eyes open. So these these yeah, kids, yeah, they coming out with their eyes open. They coming out they coming out already programmed to be able to work the device. Right, so they just right. taking they, leverage they, to a whole nother level. Yeah, they coming out just built different. Yeah. They just built different. Now, mm-hmm. so we, we, we kind of covered the, the entrepreneur spirit, the business mm-hmm. owner you know, because we have to make the difference. I, yeah, I and yeah. I, I, I love how you did that too, yeah. because there is a difference with that. Mm. Um, let's let's tackle a little bit into next generation pioneers NGP. Uh, come on, now. which you know I, I I do like the pin you have yeah. there. You know, very yeah. very very uh very what's the word I'm looking for? Not stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, very eye catching. Mm-hmm. Very eye catching. Tell me a little bit more about next gen. You know, uh, uh, yeah. just anybody who's listening, next yeah. generation pioneers, NGP. Well, you know, the name NGP, next generation pioneers. Um, originally, when I was creating it, uh, well, the original concept, but before we get to the name, because you know, you can put a name, but the concept is basically brothers sticking together. You know, as far as why I created it, it was I was at a very uh, interesting point in my life when I had. Uh, dropped out of college and I didn't have a car to get a job and a job to keep a car and I was just at a very depressing point you know mentally spiritually financially you know something similar to which you know I'm pretty sure people go through these you know just 
eras in their uh, life where it's like, man, I'm a good person. I know I don't leave out trying to do bad by anybody. Why is it that my life's so hard? Like, right. I just want to do. So it's one thing if you don't want to do, but it's another thing if you want to do and there's no platform to engage you in to do it. Like, you can have all the energy in the world. You still need a socket or some, some type of platform to jumpstart you to go where you want to go. And I just remember, like, that was just a very low time. And I remember telling myself it was two things I was going to do. Some people, when, you know, life is on top of them, you know, they cry and they kind of retreat. And I understand that it's like fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of structured that, you know, I may shed a tear, but it's out of frustration and anger. Like, I'm, if, if you see me crying, the fight coming after that. Right, and right. so I told myself two things when I was at that low point. Um... I was unemployed for a long period of time. I say, not only is I'm going to get out of this, but I'm going to document me getting out of this. And I was really just writing it on printing paper. And I said, in case I ever feel back in this state, I have some type have of some kind of reference. document that I personally, this wasn't for me reading personal success books. I was only applying principles that I was learning in the mud, per se. Um, I said I would be able to look at that document and show myself if I ever feel back how I would um, um, get back up out of it. I had probably got to this much in printing paper that I had wrote notes on to, and I was like, Dez, man, you should turn this into a book. And that's actually where the book I wrote came from. It, it was never intended. Well, see, I didn't even know you wrote a book now. Now, uh, look, you just, yeah. you, you just slipped that in there. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. We talking about the businesses, yeah, and, and here you are. You it, a whole author. It's two things that came out of where I was. A book came out of that, and I told myself the book was – it wasn't originally meant to be a book. It was just a way for me to go back and look at my own notes. And it just evolved into me writing a book and giving it to other people. So it was kind of like a manifesto. What you mean by that? When you were writing, it was kind of like your personal, as you were documenting. Yeah, it was kind of like yeah. a manifesto. And so it was more so for me. But right. then also what I promised myself was I was going to create something to where I didn't want any other individual to have to go through that type of process again where they want to do something with themselves, but there was no platform to engage them. Like some, a lot of people don't need a handout. They need a hand up. Correct. And so in most other ethnic groups, really, you know, you're Asian, you're Arab, you know, um, Italian or whatever the case is, there's a support group there to where, you know, when a child is coming up, they can connect them to the uncle or to the to the, uh, the cousin. Village. The village. Yeah. And, and, and they have that in, in my community, you know, the black African-American community, our platform, the village, it it doesn't have that, I guess, that cohesiveness it's, it's like been it sort of diluted over the years yes i can agree on that and that's where the birth of the concept with ngp came about because i was like i didn't want another brother to go through what i went through and so i remember talking um to my partner in glen oaks i said i said man i don't know what we're gonna call it but i say the basic concept is we're gonna stick together create a platform and that way as other brothers come in they can get the necessary nutrients from from this to make themselves whole and they can go do what they need to do Right. And so that's how NGP came about. I usually tell people, you know, NGP is a community uplift brotherhood. We usually doing one or two things. We either building up the individual or we doing something to build up the community because you a lot of people be like, let's go and fix the community, but you can't fix a fragmented community with fragmented individuals. You gotta all you gotta create whole individuals that will go and create whole communities and then it's kind of like a recycling type of effect where the whole communities create whole individuals now now tell me how you know how do you go about fixing the individuals Mm -hmm. that that choose to be a part of ngp yeah well you got to start with the basics first it's hard for me to tell you to be positive and think about the community. First law of nature is self-preservation is something something i learned a long time ago so the first law of nature is self-preservation 
until we can get you to a point to where you can take care of self, it's kind of hard for you to think on a collective type level. So when you think about basic desires, it's hard for me to tell you to be positive when you don't have no food in your stomach or your refrigerator or no money in your pocket. So the first things we address because Ultimately, you want to address the mindset, but if you even remotely interested in NGP, your mindset already going in the right direction, we just need to cultivate it. Because if you see opportunity in this, it's like you already have a certain type of mindset. So um, the first thing we would do is, um, you know, see what's their financial situation. Let's be honest, you know, living in a capitalistic society, a lot of your experience in life is tied to finances. So I think 20, under $25,000 is below the poverty line. So if they not making at least, man, if you're a single adult with no kids, you need to be making, I'm going to say minimum $40,000 just to be fair. But I, I would really want you to be making $50,000. And so we use our network of individuals. It's about right at 30 of us now. You got different brothers that work at the plant. You got different brothers that own their own businesses. You know, you got different brothers that have other network and stuff like that. So the thing is us connecting you to be able to get that type of financial opportunity first. And then after that, you know, you, you know, you'll be able to take care of the basics, like, you know, making sure you got food, making sure you got clothes and things of that nature. So that's like an ABC, what we look to do, you know, anytime any brother come in. Okay. Now, m moving from that to pivot to the other mission of NGP, which is building up the community. Yeah. Now, how do you guys go about doing that? Because the, like you said, there, there are different layers yeah. of building up a community. Mm -hmm. So, which, in turn, even if you look at the process of, of what you go through as far as first, this person wants to be a potential member of NGP, we're going to mm -hmm. build this person up. So, you're mm -hmm. starting with the community of NGP. Mm -hmm. How do you apply that then to the larger community? Mm -hmm. Good question. Uh, well, before you're talking about uplifting the community, you need to see what's holding the community down. Okay. So, again, going back to a key thing, it's a couple of key things that's going on with our community before we get into the economics, we have to always first talk about the mindset, and it's two windows into the mind. It's sight and it's sound, so it's what our community sees and what they hear that condition the mindset. So as far as what NGP does, number one, just by us sticking together and the things we do and people see us on social media in person, sometimes we may be casual, sometimes we may have a blazer on and be dressed up with the pen and things of that nature, but that gives our people a different type of uh, vision you know, to help condition their mind that, like, they say, well, you know, black people don't like to work together. Well, these guys working together fine. You know what I'm saying? They mm -hmm. say, well, all they want to do is sag their pants and be thugs. Like, none of them sagging their pants and stuff like that. So, number one, that gives them some conditioning, you know, mentally to just see us work together in a spirit of harmony. Um, usually, anytime we talking about anything on any type of platform, you know, trying to spit some stuff that's going to nourish the mind. So, that helps again. But as far as, like, the tangible things that we do to uplift the community, Community. going back into economics they they say well one day is an interesting way to put it because the shirt actually says daylight is possible that's another that's another it's long all, story long it's always a day yeah it's always it's, it's a always day. these nameless faceless day and so to speak on the day within our community sometimes the day will even be you know you know our own black people they say well black people never work together we don't support each other okay and so um 
even with other uh, people that come into our communities, other ethnic groups and stuff like that, a fundamental issue that we have, whether black people are supporting each other, other businesses are coming in, we fundamentally have an economic cash flow problem in the community where these communities wouldn't look like they was dying if the dollars were just reinvested back into the community. So, for example, if I have a chicken wing store and I'm dropping the chicken wing store in the hood and I'm making $100,000 a month, and I'm kicking that back out to my family who can be wherever, and I'm not pouring anything back into this community. You can post something back into the community. Like, you can sponsor a community cleanup. You know, you can uh, sponsor a scholarship. You can put benches in certain areas. It's a whole list of things you can do that you don't necessarily have to put a dollar in somebody's hand that can reinvest back into the community, which I would think in turn would make your business look better, and you would get more dollars with your business. So in NGP, one of the initiatives— Are we talking about the Blue Store store? Oh man. We talking about the blue stove? The blue stove, the green stove, how mm -hmm. many stoves they got? Yeah, you, because, like, because I, I, I often like, look at businesses like yeah, that yeah. that, you know, are not of the community mm -hmm. that they're in. Yeah. But they immensely profit from that mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even in O'Brown gave turkeys away on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. You can't just you can't just take 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 from yeah, the that blue community. Blue got a whole franchise. They franchise and now yeah. like they got um But name but name and, and like I say I, and and I don't know this, you know, someone someone can can tell me this or not. Mm. I don't know if they're involved, you know, in anything community-wise as far mm -hmm. as scholarships or anything like that. I yeah. don't know. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it, mm -hmm. but also don't know. So I can't say that they're not. Yeah. But from my observation, I, you know, I haven't seen them mm. do that. But they are tremendously supported by mm. a, a certain demographic. Mm. And conceptually, I would, I, would, I would say to any business, whether it's the blue store, whatever the case it is, like what are you reciprocating back into that which you're pulling from? Exactly. You know, and so that goes back into the initiative that we started with NGP. As far as one of the initiatives that we do to uplift the community, we started a business patronage initiative where we would support local small black businesses to do two things. Number one, show people that, look, we do support each other. And number two, um, you know, show people that it's not about hating another ethnic group or some stuff like that as it is about if we just control our cash flow, right. some of the issues that we're having, we can possibly make easier you know by controlling our cash flow so the um concept is every month we just go to a black business with a month before what we in the month of may say for instance so if we patronize in a business in the month of june one of our representatives usually our ambassador would meet with the business owner at the end of May and saying, hey, I'm a representative of NGP, a community uplift brotherhood. We would like to support your business for the month of June. It's about 30 of us. First thing the business owner going to ask is, well, yeah, like I'm not going to turn down any support. Does it cost me anything? Right. We say, no, it doesn't cost anything. All that we would need you to do is we have a poster board about this size. It has some pictures of some stuff we did in the community, and it has uh, – a list of names with a line above each name. The poster board doesn't have any contact information, no email, no phone number. We're not trying to sell anything. The purpose of you putting this poster board up for the month that we patronizing your business is because each brother is going to be required to come in and 
support your business at least one time during that month. And as they come in and buy something, say for instance, you own a burger shop, they come in and buy a burger or some fries, they go and sign next to their name on the poster board. And as the month progress, you'll see more signatures start to accumulate on the board. So as the business on, you're like, hey, these guys are really coming in and supporting as they should. And everybody's goal is to do it by the end of the month. By the end of the month, we take a picture with the business owner and the poster board tell them thank them for their um, service to the community and we move on to the next business and the business owner can either choose to keep the poster board keep it up or keep it in the back or do what they want to do with it but the goal is talking about reciprocity and reciprocating as ngp grows so does the community grow because hey yeah we 30 brothers and we patronizing a mom and pop business but what happens when we 60 brothers what happens when we're 100 brothers if 100 right. people commit to coming in your business for this specific month and that's not including if a brother may bring his girlfriend his son his grandma when he go with him so you know 30 brothers easily patronizing your business intentionally can easily turn into an extra 67 to 80 sales for you and what it does too it could also open up the door for you know um return profits for that business mm. because you may go there just as part of the initiative for that mm. month you yeah. might say but i kind of like this burger and then yeah. next thing you know at, at yeah. that next month when it's not even a part of your initiative yeah. you you find yourself continuing to go there you, you yeah. know once a week or you telling other people uh -huh. now because word of mouth we all know mm -hmm. you know the word of mouth of business is 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 like the the, the lifeline for that mm -hmm. you know if if you get 10 people who who patronize your business mm -hmm. and all 10 of them are satisfied mm -hmm. with what you've done yeah. you have to you have to estimate that out of that 10 they're going to tell at least one person to mm -hmm. they're going to tell at least one Mm -hmm. So now that's at least doubling up. So now you've yeah. gone from 10 to possibly yeah. 20. Yeah. And then out of that 20, you got to say, okay, out of 20 people, each one of them might be good for another three people. Mm -hmm. And then the number it, just it, keeps the going, down going, going, going. It's serious. Yeah. That has so, actually happened. So what, what else, you know, aside from, from that, that NGP is, is involved now, I know you guys have also not only done that initiative, mm -hmm. but there are other things you guys have done as well too. You guys have done um, a gala, I believe too. Yeah, the, the the gala is more so like our like almost BET awards where we is you know throughout the year we so we do a lot of stuff and giving back to the community and the gala is really a big effort to um just allow the brothers to have a great time and also give awards out to like we give business uh business of the year award we give um millennial man a millennial woman award so say for instance out the businesses that we patronize for the year if one stood out in particular we would highlight them at the gala so again that's another you know platform that right. they have to showcase their product or service um with the millennial man and millennial woman uh that's just spotlighting individuals that's just killing the game in our community like i think at our last gala uh Jean dunbar won millennial man and i don't know if uh you know how much the audience uh pays attention to Dijon, but man this man be on fire like you know he got kids he got multiple businesses and you know people like that you know it's definitely inspiration to me but he won our millennial man so just to kind of give you a mindset of the type of people that we spotlight even at the gala and i think he has like a side non-profit track thing mm -hmm. that he helps with the kids so again man just being you know that reciprocal individual you know that's not just taking from the community business-wise but giving it back teaching to the kids and stuff like that and i um millennial woman i think uh our last girl i think it was l marie that more millennial woman and she does a lot with it with the kids in the school with the girls with oh, fashion so they, so they want as a household 
Yeah, and that was the crazy thing. If we originally didn't, it wasn't even like that. We was, I think we was, look, we was looking at them completely different, you right, know. And it just right. so happened to be that they both, you know, were in the same house. I say so. That's kind of how it turned out. That was interesting. And so besides, um. The gala, we, you know, we do political advocacy, you know, by NGP itself not being a nonprofit. It's simply a brotherhood. We do have that, you know, that liberty to go and voice our opinions on certain matters because, you know, right. if you structure certain things in a nonprofit, you can't just use your Oh, yeah, nonprofits cannot, cannot endorse yeah, uh, and so, know, any kind of campaign. But the crazy thing is, NGP, we actually started a nonprofit called Community Pioneering where we're trying to develop housing. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not trying, but we are in the process of developing housing. And um, so definitely stay tuned for that. Just again, just impactful things that we can do for the community. But as far as the brotherhood, the network, the guys that get just get together and chill and stuff like that, we also do uh, uh, political advocacy. So for example, I think maybe like, this probably been like four years ago, maybe longer than that. But a good example as far as political advocacy is anything that affects our community in an adverse way, we would go and speak against. So, for example, like five years ago, could have been more, could have been, I think it probably was around about that time, uh, the council was trying to put in place a misdemeanor jail. Okay. And so, again, most times if you're not able to pay your ticket, you ain't got the money. So now you're going to put me in jail because I'm not paying the ticket. So now I'm going to lose my job. I really ain't going to have the money. And that's just a snowball effect. effect. Yeah. You know, that's just something, you know, systematically that don't make no sense for our parish and our demographic. And they, they just ability to have disposable income. And so we advocated against that. Something else that we uh, do as well as do empowerment sessions with the schools. Uh, last we partnered with it was Madison Prep, where they gave us their so-called troubled youth and they put them all in the room and they let, you know, a few of us, the guys from the brotherhood come in and speak to the youth. And the, the good thing about that is I know, you know, a lot of people like to talk about the youth in, a, in such a way, like, man, they just not getting it together. They got a lot of potential. It's just a language barrier and a communication barrier or gap. You usually got very elderly people that come from a, a older, older generation trying to articulate, their concepts into the young generation they they speak two different languages and so our generation is kind of like that middle ground where it's like i'm old enough you respect me but i'm young enough to where i still can relate to the stuff you doing you get right. what i'm saying and so we just gonna speak you know more frank to them you know it's not as poetic like oh you know you just want to be positive we give some real <laughs> frank talk